Welcome along to the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Kevin Byrne. We're joined today by two of the country's top coaches who both enjoyed a successful weekend at the National Elite Championships, and not for the first time. Damian McKenna won four of them as a bantamweight between 1996 and 2001. On Saturday, he guided his holy family draw of boxers to four triumphs in one night. Monkstown Dublin coach JP Kinsler enjoyed two successes in the corner on Saturday to go with his elite titles from 2000 and 2002. Light flyweight, flyweight, lightweight, welterweight, middleweight, heavyweight. Damien and JP's boxers took over the men's side of the tournament. But these kids aren't champions when they first walk into the club. They're welcomed, encouraged and developed. It takes patience and time, insight and instruction. Not every fighter makes it. But JP, uh, when you're working with someone from the age of 10 or 11 and they ultimately become Ireland's senior champion, there must be no better feeling as a coach, right? Oh, absolutely amazing. But, but I suppose, Kevin, just to start off, just I suppose to congratulate Damien, you know, uh, four Irish titles uh, in one night, you know, that's um, for a club, you know, that's that's stuff of dreams, you know, and uh, that's a huge achievement. And uh, so congratulations to Damien and the Holy Family team, you know. Uh, I suppose from our end, <coughs> Monkstown, um, the, I suppose, the, the elite coaches would be, would be James really, and then um, Tommy Rappel will be giving him a dig out, and then we have a couple of other lads, Darren and Totsy and stuff. Where we we sort of made a change um, a couple of years ago, um, where you know, but just with the numbers we had, you know, what I mean, we, and just to get the best out of them, and I suppose where we were in our own personal lives, you know, with my own self, you know, I, I probably couldn't, I I couldn't give the time to to elite boxers just just at the moment, you know, and I'm, mm. you know. We have kids at home and stuff like that, so it's <laughs> it's tricky. So I look after the junior section of the club, you know, but that's right. not to say, you know, um, we float in and out between each other, and 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 uh, you know, myself and James in particular will be will be on the phone to each other an awful lot, you know, and uh, we'll be discussing sparring, you know, um, yeah, I I would do uh, with a lot of the juniors, I'd be doing the leagues and stuff, you know, and uh, some nights you go into the leagues and you have eight boxers and you have eight wins and everything's grand and then the next day you go in you have four box, four or five boxers and you have four or five losses and then you're ringing James the next morning saying Jesus where did I go wrong here you know and uh, it's it's amazing it's amazing to have that type of coaching in our club you know where we can bounce things off each other you know what I mean and um, so so we're very lucky we're very fortunate you know and and I suppose with the coaching team that we have it's very, you know, we're very hard working and we're very dedicated and and then all sorts, you know. Um, but um, when you when you talk about Sean and Jack Marley, you know, coming to the club as kids, um, <clears throat> you know, that's that's a huge, it's a huge thing for us, you know. To um, like I think Jack joined when he was eight or nine years of age. Um, a little, you know, he <laughs> a little roundy fella, really, you know. And uh, if you hadn't told us, you know, that this guy would be, you know. Uh, a, a two-time heavyweight champion of Ireland, you know, we we would have, sort of, you know, would have sort of laughed and said, you know, you, you, for real, you know. But the great thing about it is, I suppose, within the club is that we have this, you know, it's it's not a it's not a mantra or anything like that, but we have this philosophy really that you know, you know, it's all about development, really. You know, schoolboy titles and you know. European schoolboys and youths and stuff like that, you know, they're they're really nice to get. You know, they're really, really nice to get. And and it's great for a club to get them type of things. But in, in the whole scheme of things, 
an elite title is where it's really it's really at, you know what I mean? And 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 but if you look at Jack, for instance, um like he he won an All Ireland um, you know, as a boy won. And then, you know, it was great for him, you know, and then a year or two after that, he couldn't win the leagues. You know, he was going into the leagues. He was getting beaten in, in, in the Dublin leagues, you know. And uh, we we bring him up to Damien's turn up to the Loud Open. He, he he'd probably go okay there. He, he probably wouldn't win it. Um. So it was always that thing with 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 Jack. Um. That looks on. You know, don't be worrying about you know how you are now. You know, it's it there, there, there's a, there's a there's a pathway. There's a plan for you. You know, down the line. You know, and um. And it's it's about for us. It's about getting the kids to buy into that as well. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, some kids, you know, develop at all different times. You know, and uh, even when you when you go back to Jack Marley, he, he was playing football, and uh, you know, one of us, he, he was he was out there winning. I think it was when he won the boy one artist title. You know, um, you know, he he didn't get picked for his team because he wasn't fit. You know, and and. Uh, so 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 you know we always had that thing with with Jack and we've other boxes as well. If you think of Jake Rappel, he won the elite title last year. He won a Damien's weight at bantamweight last year, and um, he that was his very first Irish title. It was an elite title, you know what I mean? Like and and I remember him as a boy one. You probably would too, Damien. Uh, yeah. Like he was in leagues finals. He was getting beaten, split decision. He was in Dublin Championship finals, split decision. Loud Open finals, split decision. You know. Monkstown Boss Cup split decision. But we had to just keep installing and look on, you know, that's not the be end and end all. You know, what I mean there is a there is a road, you know, what I mean there is a pathway, you know, and uh and we just had to, you know, just to keep keep re-emphasizing that to him. Like and uh eventually then, you know, he got his Irish title and he got and he got an Irish elite title and that that's a huge achievement. Now for him, he couldn't keep that weight, so he had to move up this year. And he moved right into a a, a weight category that was packed in the rafters with with um with talent, and uh, that was that was one of the that was a good that was a good weight class that featherweight class this year, you know. And uh, he came up against from Lunum early on, and uh, Lunum went on and won it. And uh, it was it was uh he he in fairness to him he he really impressed me anyway over over the last couple of weeks. Um, young Paul Lunum, I thought he was uh, very very good, you know. Um. With Sean Murray then. Sean joined us when I think he was 12 or 13. He started his boxing career with Whitechurch, um, who were up the road from us. And uh, very, very good club, lovely lads up there. And um, he, uh, he, he I, I, don't know what, I don't know what the reason why he left in the end, but he just came down to us anyway. We had a couple of lads around his age, around his way that were doing well. Maybe that was something to do with it. But he fitted in, you know, really well. And uh, he's he's a really, really... Really top class, tactical, technical, skillful young kid, you know. And uh, he, um, that was his second title now. And he's he's picked up the international experience, been away with the army at the world um, army championships. He, he's been to the Europeans now, you know. Um, so so now he, he and he he feels. And Jack Fields, you know, that um for, for the European elites, it's unfinished business for him, you know. And um so 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 they're really, really hoping now, you know, this was uh, for them, hopefully their first step to um to go to Krakow for Olympic qualification, please God, you know. And uh, we'll probably see how that goes. You know, they have to go into assessments and stuff of like that. So let's see how that goes. Yeah. 
Damien, what a night. You, you won four titles in your career uh, as a bantamweight. Uh, you won yeah. four titles in the one night on Saturday. Must have been uh, must have been hectic. And uh, over, <laughs> overjoying. Absolutely, Kevin. Like, um, to be on contest two, six, ten and fourteen, uh, we never really got to sit and relax and enjoy each of the wins as they were coming along. But, you know, as JP said, all the boys... Um, you know, when, when you're dealing with these young lads coming through, um, you're trying to emphasise the importance of an elite title. Um, and as JP rightly said, it's great to win some of these underage titles, get the experience at underage level, especially at European cadets or world cadets or anything like that. But um, I think most of the guys, it tell you, they'd swap four or five of their Irish titles for one elite title because it's the pinnacle of Irish boxing. And we've seen the atmosphere there on Saturday night. It was great to have it back in the stadium. And I think even for the IABA, you know, to have nearly a full house there the other night was exceptional. Um, we had the Minister of Sport there, head of the, the Garda Shiakana, um, a lot of top personalities. A neighbour a neighbor of yours, the Minister for Sport, isn't he? He is indeed. I, yeah. I actually grew up around the corner from uh, Thomas Bourne. Um, so you never know. I might be able to hit him for a few bob for the yeah. IABA. <laughs> But Can you get him for a few bob for us too, Damien? Well, it's like as JP said, uh, I've had a relationship with JP since uh, he came onto the elite team. Um, just because I'm a year or so older than JP, uh, I was there a few years ahead of him. But, um, you know, you look at the work ethic that's behind Monkstown Boxing Club, and, and JP said it there, it takes an accumulation of coaches. It's not just one man. Uh, and it's the same for ourselves. We have a, a very hard-working committee uh, and the coaching setup. I have a former international boxer in Martin McQuillan, national league champion himself, Noel Hazlitt, boxed international, uh, and a number of other lads that give us a hand who've boxed uh, up to a high enough standard at underage level. And without these people, uh, without the committees in the background, these voluntary clubs can't you know, go ahead and keep producing. Um, and it's very bit unfortunate, as we've seen with Monkstown, even before Christmas, to be locked out at our premises and yet still provide two of them, two possibly of a very good international level boxers going forward to the European uh, qualifiers for the Olympic Games. You know, you know, I look at my own team. Uh, Eugene McKeever came to me seven years ago um, had won a couple of underage titles. He was with St. Malachy's and Yuri wanted to freshen things up uh, and they liked what they seen and what we had to offer in Drogheda. Um, the same with um, Ricky Nesbitt, was with Dalgan Boxing for, for a period of years. He's now won three national titles since he came to us. Um, and that's not taken away from the previous club. Mm. They've done a certain amount of work. We've just helped them along the way. And JP hit on it again earlier on. We look at the different personalities. As he mentioned with Sean, uh, Sean Marie and also um, Jack Marley, two probably totally different characters coming up through the years. But as a club coach, we have an integral part of the progression because we, we get them to trust us. We get them to know them as not only boxers, but as individuals. We know what makes them tick. And all of that is very, very important in the pathway towards elite boxing. Because as JP will tell you, you can be as physically fit as you want, but the difference between, I suppose, being a senior boxer 
physically able to, I suppose, uh, compete at a level. The high performance end of it, looking at the, the mental fitness, you know, the preparation, the that not only goes into the boxer, but goes into the whole procedure prior to the championships. We were fortunate enough um, to go to Canada for a week's training camp. We went to Scotland for an international event. We went and got boxers to Poland. We had boxers in Holland all prior to the event. And this enabled the boys then to go out and perform on such a prestigious tournament like the National Elites. Uh, lads, you go back way back for uh, being on the same World Championships team in twenty uh, in two thousand and one and stuff. But you came up against each other in the Elite Final of uh, twenty twenty, Monkstown versus Holy Family Adrada. And uh, I, it, would it be correct in saying you were both waiting for your first Elite Champion as coach? And uh, who got the better of that one? What was that? Was that um, was that the uh, Sean Marley and Ricky Nesbitt one? Was it the very one? Yeah. For, oh, was yeah, there any yeah, rivalry yeah. going into that one? Well, I know in fairness, look, the thing, the thing, the thing with the thing with with, with me is, is look, is that um, in fairness, in fairness to us, uh, James will be our lead coach, and and he's he's been looking after yeah. these in the last couple of years, like, and he's doing a fantastic job, absolutely amazing, like, and then he'd have the support then, of course, of me and Tommy and the lads and all that. But if you think of the training camp, what Damien was talking about there, like. James would have looked after um Jack and Sean, Jake and and Carol and stuff, you know, coming into these elites, you know. But it, it, you know that one, that one you're talking about uh, in 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 2000, um, or what was that 2000? 2020. Yeah. 2020. 2020. Yeah, yeah. It was James. James would have been looking after that. So so him and Damien would have had a bit of rivalry now, and I would have been in the background backing James up. I would have been hitting it from behind, you know. Yeah. But on that, Kevin, like as JP said, uh. The relationship between Monkstown and Holy Family, um, I I would, in my opinion, would say is very, very good, not only on a professional basis, but in friendly terms as well. Mm. We've, we've taken part in different training camps like Jack Marley, Sean Marley was, was training and sparring in our club over the Christmas period when we arranged different uh, sparring sessions coming up to the elites. And as JP said, well, there'll be a bit of rivalry. The 2020 final with Sean Murray and Ricky Nesbitt was a rerun of the intermediate final a month or so prior to that. That's right, um, yeah. And uh, at the time, uh, I think Ricky won the intermediate final and That's then right. Sean, Sean deservedly so won the, the elite title. And yeah. uh, and Ricky would say himself, he'd have swapped the title with Sean there and then if he could. But yeah. it, it's all on friendly terms. Yeah, when the boxers go into the ring, um, they're not going to be friends. But... I think you'll see with a lot of the, the boxers in general, we all have a shake of the hands, a hug uh, at the end of a fight. And as long as the best man, you know, nine times yeah. out of ten comes yeah. out of the ring, everyone's happy. Every, I, you get, know, I guess I kind I guess I kind of highlight it because you came up against each other in twenty twenty one or in twenty twenty. <laughs> But since then, like uh, Holy Family, uh, won six titles. Monkstown have won four titles. You've kind of moved to the forefront of of the Irish club. So you, you're all you almost be doing something right. Obviously, St. Carthage has had a great national senior uh, elite championships. They're getting two uh, elite champions as well. But you, you must be doing do, something right. But I, th- I think that's to do as well is is Kevin. Like like you know, in the background there, we be doing a lot of a lot of uh, we do a lot of shows together. <clears throat> like if you think there last year. Like we would have had a show in the Sally Doggin Inn, and uh, like we probably would have had about seventy bouts, 
and Holy Family would have matched up about 40 of those. And these are kids who are, uh, some of them are 9, 10, 11 years of age. That that, that was their very first uh, belt, you know. And it, it's all skill belts, they're all draws, you know. But but for for like here, that that's where like our relationship goes back a long way. And, you know, we continued into the coaching thing. It, it, like when Damien got on to us about the loud open and we, like vice versa, we would have told, you know, about the Monkstown Box Club, you know, we, we would do our best then to support that. You know, I, I think last year, um, well, 2022 was was the was the very first one we missed due to uh, our club being closed. You know, but uh, so, so you know the clubs would do a lot of work together uh, in the background. Anyhow, you know, um, so so and 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 here it'd be we we probably be we probably be more at each other when 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 we're in those little shows when there's a boy one against a boy one. You know, like rather than the elites because you look, you know, it's very evident that you know best man will win. You know. Yeah, of course. Damien, how does coaching them? Um, mm. Obviously, you, you just done four, you just managed to coach four boxers to elite champion, uh, to elite titles just there at the weekend. But, you know, just coaching one to an elite title, how does it compare to winning one? You won your first 96, beating Oliver Duddy 11 4 at the National Stadium. Wow. Uh, and then three in a row between 99 and 2001. How, how does it compare? Well, I suppose it's like everything else. Competing is probably the best thing you can ever do, especially when you fall in love with a sport like. I was brought up around boxing. Uh, my, my dad, Christy, was my coach, uh, found a member of the club. So boxing was always going to be in the blood. And as we spoke about earlier on, I never won an Irish title until I was 15. Um, probably late developing uh, in relation to maturity and stuff like that. But always was working on the skill level factors uh, that was required that, you know, went to the National Stadium in, in the 80s uh, watching senior finals night and always dreamed of performing on such an occasion. As you mentioned there, fortunate enough to win four Irish titles. Um, and again, Oliver Duddy, a very good friend and a teammate of mine. And I'm going in on my first final, same as Oliver's, to win you know possible selection for the European Championships at the time. Um, delighted to beat Oliver. Won loads of Irish titles himself. Um, but I suppose when, when you know your time is up as a boxer, um, there's no place to hide in a boxing ring. So staying and outstaying your welcome as such isn't the nice, nicest thing to be at in the world. Mm. As you mentioned there, to win titles, um, Ricky Nesbitt and Eugene McKeever won uh, two elite titles in 21. We had Eugene beaten in the final. We had Martin Stokes beaten in the final. We had Ricky beaten in the final. And you think, what am I doing wrong here? You know, as I said to you earlier on, we have a great backroom team. We have a big, great committee. I went to the boys in August and told them of the process that I wanted to carry out because the Nationals were supposed to be on in November, December time. So we had to rejig then after our training camp at the end of September in, in Toronto. Um, but to answer your real question, on the, I get a lot of self-satisfaction. I get a lot of se- uh, satisfaction to see the, the joy on all the individuals that I help coach. But as I said, I cannot just take all the credit. Well, like James, I suppose, I'm working with the more senior boxers in the club. Without the others, I haven't got that time just to solely work with the boys. Um, Christopher O'Reilly started in our club when he was seven years of age. He was supposed to be nine, but he told us that we lie, you know, Mm -hmm. and... uh, He spent two to three years with us and then he moved to Balbriggan where he won a couple of underage titles along the way. 
and came back to us about five, six years ago. Um, people like Christopher, who continually worked, you know, was working a full-time job, came to the gym, bought into the process, uh, beaten in an intermediate final, beaten an under-22 final by Gabriel Dawson three years ago, never gave up. And to see a young man like that reach a goal, and hopefully it's only one of his goals. Hopefully now he's going to go on further. Uh, no different to young Davy Joyce, who he started his boxing as far as I'm aware in Centralstown. He was with Johnstown. He went to Ballymun. Mm-hmm. He tricked he tricked around a bit with the pro game, and uh, I suppose I got a phone call about six seven months ago. Um, he wanted to give the amateur game another go, so. I told him he'd have to get his club, Ballymun, to contact us to, to see was it okay because, well, you never want to see a boxer being put out of the amateur side of the game. And I'd never like to close the door on them. But I don't take boxers from other clubs. I prefer to make sure that the other club is happy, there's been no trouble. And uh, if we can then help and progress this young lad on to, to greater things, so be it. And I think, you know... People looked on uh, Saturday night and looked at the Davy Joyce uh, Jason Nevin final, and it was was it the best final of the night? Two talented, outstanding talents um, going head to head for an Irish title. Um, but I think we deserved our win. Um, that's taken nothing away from Jason Nevin. But young Joyce is a real talent. He's yeah. he's so skilled, isn't he? Uh, JP, what do you make of him? He's br- I thought he was brilliant. Uh, he's he's yeah he is <clears throat> he's he's top class. He is he, he really is. He's, he's a top class boy. Like and uh, the um we we and ne- Nevin is good as well, isn't he? Like Nevin, Nevin brought, very good. And, yeah. and and the likes of him and um young Olanian from Jobstown. They're mm. they're born two thousand four. You know, and they're only they're only babies to the elite scene, really. You know, and um <clears throat> it's amazing to see them. You know, um, in in a league final, you know, and uh, no doubt, um, you know, they they'll have huge futures in 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 the league boxing, you know. But it's just here; they just have to buy the time just for now, you know. And like that, that's just goes to show, you know, like in the league titles, it's not easy to win, you know. And they're they're tough; they're tough to win, you know. But just just going back on what Damien was saying there, like it's it's strange though for me actually, but you know, when when I was boxing, like as as a, as a kid, like. I used to go to the Dublin leagues and stuff, and I'd be boxing. I mean, you'd see, you know, you'd see older fellas to me. You'd see Bernard Dunn, and and even at, at, and he ended up being a teammate of mine, which was Gavin Brown, you know. But I remember being in the in the in the Dublin leagues, and when, when any of those guys, you know, were getting into the ring, the whole place would just go silent. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, I used to love that. And, and so, so from a very young age, I was a real fan of of boxing. You know what I mean? And Dublin and Irish boxing, and and. I never thought I'd be I'd be be one of those guys who who be who be winning Irish titles, you know. But when when I got there, it was strange enough. Uh, you know, to, to win an elite title is is it's a huge thing. Like, but I think nowadays, you know, when when it, when when I when I talked to Sean Murray and Jack Murray the other day, like I'm I'm sort of saying to them, you know, Jesus lads, do you realise what you've just done there? Like, you know, you 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 have to win a two, you know, elite titles. This is like absolutely phenomenal. Like, you, you know, I'm sort of. Sometimes I, I forget that that I actually was there that you know what I mean I because I'm so engrossed in their progression you know like and uh, but I think I think to be involved in in um in, in a boxer to to go on and win an elite title you know what I mean I think it's 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 a massive massive thing you know what I mean like 
personally and uh, and for the club's point of view and for a community you know what i mean like uh, it's it's that's a huge thing you know like and uh, like um just to give, got, just to give the listeners context like you had your first final in 2000 uh, lost to harry cunningham then you won yeah. two in a row in uh, 2001 beat paul baker 2002 two beat Paulie highland and then 03 had your final one and lost to and lost to Paul Baker, Paul Baker, who that's, you'd beaten in your first right. one. So you got it. You got every kind of taste. Uh, you know the good and the bad, or yeah. the, you know the the happy and the sad, or whatever you want to call well, it. Absolutely. So so very like just there. We were talking about young, young Nevin. Like so so I got to the elite final when I was only eighteen. You know, and um, so th- there was th- there's a small club which you know had had done the under 18s the intermediates, and and the elite title all in one year. You know, and. Uh, I don't know if you done that, Damien. I know I know Kenny Egan done it, and I know Wayne McCall and a couple of other names done it as well. But it, it's 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 a very hard thing to do when you're when you're that young to win an elite title. You know what I mean? Like uh, it's it's tough. But I, I wasn't ready for it. You know what I mean? If, if if I look at if I look back at that bill originally with Harry Cunningham, you know, Jay Z, it felt like he was it was a man. And even though he was only a year or two older than me, he just had that experience of being there before. You know, and. Um, and that was his year, you know, and he deserved it that year. And then it was up to me then to get the head down and and to not let that happen again, you know. And uh, I, I I remember then with the with the Paul Baker and the Paulie Highland, Damon, you might remember, but I think I think that those two All Irelands were nearly in one year because I think that was a qualifier for the for the for the Irish team uh, to go to go to the world, you know. I, I I think that's what happened. And then <clears throat> the one that I lost. In fairness, Paul Baker came back and got his revenge on me, and rightly so. He, he you know, he beat me. He beat me well uh, in, in the fourth final I had. But, but just like that, I, I was going into the stadium there the other day, finals night with my son, you know, and and my daughter, and you know, they were saying, "Geez, Dad, like you, you boxed one of these nights, you know." Like, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." And you know, sometimes I just push that aside. You know, I mean, I, I don't even realize. I don't know how you feel about it as well, Damien, but sometimes I don't even realize I've been there. You know, and in that ring, sometimes you look in and I'm saying, "Jesus, you know, it's just great to have boxers hit there rather than myself." You know, I don't really. I, I sometimes I just I, I I completely forget that I actually was in there years ago. You know, yeah, yeah. What about JP? I think uh, it's only when it's all over you look yeah. back on on the career and you say. You know, and I suppose you ask yourself questions. Could you have done a wee bit more? Um, you know, and you look at high performance nowadays and what's on offer to these boxers. Um, now, does, does it, I suppose there's positive and negatives on this because if you've got a 21, 22-year-old guy with a full-time job and he's asked to go into high performance, is he willing to give up his job? It's a massive, uh, you know, it's a massive decision he has to make. Whereas when we said and JP were winning Irish titles, um, I know the last one I I I was beaten in 02 in the final by Martin Lindsay. Mm. Uh, and I was working with on post at the time and uh, to take nothing away from Martin because Martin was an exceptional talent. Um I remember all that week going into work at half five in the morning uh, on a split shift and going into the gym at half seven, eight o'clock to train in the evening. And the morning of the final, uh, I had to go down and throw in my mail at half five in the morning go to Dublin to get weighed in, come back, deliver the mail, and then go back up to Dublin to box in the wow. final of the elites. Wow. You know, and you, you say to yourself, you know, you look at these fine-tuned athletes now, because that's what you've got to be. You know, uh, as JP had said, we probably done a lot of the Ricky Hatton stuff, up and down weights. Um, yeah. 
Whereas now you have nutritionists, dietitians, you have so many support staff. Um, what's on offer to these boxers is just astronomical. And I suppose, you know, my favorite boxer, a very, very good friend of mine, and I've done without him probably in 1996, I probably wouldn't have won an elite title as Paul Griffin. Uh, and I, I, as I always say, Paul probably done about 30 rounds of uh, beating me up and down the ring. Um, but it gave me the mental sharpness and the physical fitness to go out and perform and beat guys like uh, Oliver Duddy. Um, but if Paul had to have the same, I suppose, pathways in front of him with high performance, would he, would he have even a better career? You know, you look yeah. at probably the most outstanding talent we've ever had. But that's not taken away from any of the boys now. Like, you look at the performance of Dean Walsh the other night to beat an Olympic yeah. bronze medalist along the way yeah. after being away from the game. All of these guys now need to be sat down, given their plan, uh, see where they can go from the level they're at now and maybe progress to Olympic standard in the next year or so. Well, like I, I guess that's a, that's a good question. It's a good uh, way to get into a question I wanted to ask you both because you both kind of reached your peak just before your peak boxing years, just before the high performance uh, unit started 20 years ago, I think uh, this year. And uh, like, do you have any regrets personally, like JP, maybe that they, you didn't really get the box in that, in that era, just, just having, you know, won your elite titles before it took place. And also do you feel that the coaching standard around the country has improved? Maybe not, not only because of the high performance, but maybe just in the wake of it to try and keep up. Yeah. Yeah, like 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 Damien, uh, I I would have I would have been working in the county firm at the time, and uh, you know I would have been going in, getting weighed, coming back, go to work, and then uh, you know um, go back there and grab me bag and then head to the stadium, you know. And I suppose, it, um, and I know fellas at that era who were on building sites and you know electricians and all sorts of stuff like, and uh, it was a different it was a different time like, and it, you know, thank God. That that has changed, you know what I mean? Because uh, the the way it is now is a lot lot better, you know. And as Damien was saying with the Ricky Hatton thing, like I, I remember even the elite final, like you know, I would have went off and got a breakfast show, you know, and then you know went back to work, and then you know there was times then there was other times where you know what, um, what, as a life flyaway, what are your breakfast roll rules? What do you <laughs> what do you get in it? The whole shebang. The only thing I I, I, I used to not get a, a rashers because they used to um because they'd be dehydrated already. Yeah. And I feel that I've been a heap after a rasher, but the that um, breakfast roll was probably heavier than you. Jim. It was probably heavier. I'll say it was. Yeah, I probably went up to about sixty kilos after that one. Yeah, <laughs> but the uh, in, in terms of today, like uh, I, I definitely agree with you in terms of um, in, in terms of coaching. I think uh, the standard of coaching now is is a lot better, really, than it was back then, and that's not taking anything away from from the coaches back then either. I just think that. Um, you know, there's more coaching, you know, structures in place. You know, myself and Damien went on and done the, the you know, the the um the AIBA level course one or whatever you call it, the one star thing. Uh, you know, and there's other stuff that that we've been doing along the way. You know, and um, I just think that the coaching at the moment, like, is it, it, is a lot more advanced, advanced now than it was back then. You know, uh, and then also then, um. So I I I think there's um the, the quality of boxing now. Uh, although when I was there the other day, it seemed to me I don't know about you, Damien, but it seemed to me that the that the lads who are boxing they just seem so young. I was looking around, uh, you know, young Lunum and and uh, 
and and even Sean and Jack said, geez, they're only babies, aren't you? Like, but but it's you know like that. It's you have to go back and well, geez, what were you doing in two thousand three and four? Yeah. That's the thing, like you know, and and uh, but but in, but in fairness, the high performance, um, you know, has brought a lot lot to Irish boxing as well, you know, and and the whole thing about you know, um. Training full time, you know, and 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 being dedicated to to the sport, you know, um, I think it has huge benefits, um, you know, to Irish boxing, you know, and and I think we we we've reaped the rewards from that, um, as Damien was saying, if you look at the likes of Paul Griffin and you know and other boxers down the down the road, if they had a had high performance, you know, they were still doing amazing stuff without high performance, but I think if they had a had it, you know, um. It would have, uh, you know, would have helped them for, for sure, you know. And and it, it doesn't, it, it, you know, it helps in the ring absolutely. But I think it's the other stuff around that the lifestyle you live, um, you know, it, it it helps towards, you know, all of that stuff, you know, like um. And even so, that's uh, even that's probably had to evolve. Like they've had, you know, certain cases where probably the high performance would admit they could have done better. You look at the aftercare for Kenny Kenneth Egan and maybe Darren Sutherland and stuff, and maybe they could have uh, done this and that. And it's an evolving process, yeah. Because I'm sure Paul. Had he got that? Yeah. Had he got you know the process that's that's in place today? Could have but done, I think on that, Kevin, like as you say, uh, with Kenny and and the other athletes that have left the, the the unit, you know, we we got to look at as JP said, we have good coaching structures, but we need more coach education. We need more coaches brought up to certain levels because mm. it's very very important. Um, as we spoke about earlier on, well, the high performance unit has you know, enhanced boxing throughout the country and internationally. We cannot ever forget about the club coach because they're the ones that really know the boxer. They have the relationship. They have a confidence amongst their own boxers. And it's very, very difficult to go into a unit then and be segregated from the club coach because he's integral to the progression of that boxer. Um, Like, even after boxing, you know, Kenny Egan... Um, in 2001 came on to the Irish team and we were as myself and JP were at the World Championships with him um, and it was the start of his progression but we need to be looking at at the end of their career that we have something for these people we need to have them educated we need to have maybe some sort of support staff as you said uh, working with them because when you go from the top where Kenny was to being all of a sudden then they also ran, you know, Joe Ward came in and just took over. And this is what happens. This is the evolving of, of boxing, the changing of the guard as such. But Kenny probably needed a wee bit more support that wasn't there. It's something that we yeah. need to improve on. Yeah. And and fu- fully agree with that there. Like um, because you you know, you you go you go from a life where you're living like a monk, you know. Uh you're in training camp, you know, whether it be in your in your home, getting ready for the leads. Or you're, you know, you're getting ready for an international uh, tournament somewhere, you know, and you know you're living like a monk. You're training two or three times a day, you know. You're watching everything you're eating. You're not, you know. I remember going, going to, uh, going to the cinema with me, with, with me, with at the time, and I'm, and I'm drinking water and non-salted popcorn. I thinking, Jesus, is this what it's all about, you know? But, but yeah. they're the sacrifices that you make for, 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 for what you do. But at the end of it, then, like what Damien says, when you're at the top. And then all of a sudden, then someone comes in and you're at the bottom, then it's it's basically, you know, you walk, uh, have that feeling, you know, you walk out of the stadium and you're you're in bits, you know what I mean? Like where the year before you're really getting carried out, you know, uh, by all the people that's in there supporting you, you know. So, so it's a whole different, 
it's a whole different mindset you have to get into. And I think for myself anyway, uh, uh, getting back into a club and getting back into coaching, um, that absolutely helped me. Like, you know, um, and, and I suppose, Damien, as well, you might have a, a thought on this. We, put, we probably don't see enough um, ex-boxers, you know, going back to the club, you know, in, uh, you know, Given, given back really, and not not given back in the such, but you know, the the club has absolutely helped me, you know, for sure. You know, when I went back to back to the club, coach and stuff at a very young age, you know, uh, I was probably only 20, 23, 24 at the time, you know, but but that definitely helped me, you know, and and because uh, it kept me in the game as well. And, and it, to be honest with you. It's all I knew. I was doing. That's all I was doing for when I was eight, eight or nine years of age. You know, like so. If someone had asked me, "Look, will you go and coach a football team?" I wouldn't have been able to do it. Like I would have helped out, of course. But in terms of boxing, I'd, I'd been there and then I'd, I'd, I'd done. You know, like so. It was good just to, to give back. But I, I, but but Damien, you might come in then um, about boxers. You know, heading off then into the sunset rather than getting back into a club. Like, um, do you have any thoughts there? Yeah, um, as I say, we've had many international boxers never come in and uh, held a set of pads for us. Um, but I, get, I suppose things uh, have become a lot more difficult. Um, you look at young people now trying to get on the property ladder and stuff like that. Yeah, two, yeah. People, two people are walking. Um, even boxers in general, like as, as we spoke about earlier on, there's young Chris O'Reilly that won the title the weekend for us is working full-time as an electrician in Intel. And uh, spending eight nine hours a day on the building site, and then coming into the gym. Yeah. Um, and I suppose for me personally, when I finished and and said enough was enough in the boxing game, I suppose to keep a good uh, working relationship and you know keep close to my own father at the time. If I had walked away, I would have spent a lot less time with him. Whereas mm-hmm. when I went back in and I was able to have that bit more of a relationship with him, um, and it wasn't as you know. I suppose competitive or anything anymore because I was coaching rather than competing. You know, did you, did you um going back to two thousand and one? Obviously, you've managed to keep your link uh, with boxing strong, but back in two thousand and one when you went to the world championships in Belfast, did you realize that did JP? Did you think that Damien would make a good coach one day and vice versa, Damien? And also, I want to ask you about that competition. Uh, I want to start. I want to start off. Uh, can you name the team between the two years? Can you name the Ireland team? Well, JP, I yeah. named the. I have a good for boxing. Like yeah, I, I'd be the same now. Like like, like that. Um, uh, I, I would be a real fan of boxing before that, so I would have known lots of you know a lot of the lads in in every other way and my own way as well. Like, but in, in terms of you know my, my own career, um, that for for sure that 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 um two thousand world two thousand one world championship that was the highlight of my career. You know. I was walking around like, you know, this is, you know, I was, this was amazing to me, you know, it was absolutely, it was, and, and going up there and, and even David, we were going around and kids were saying, can I have your autograph and get a photograph? And you say, are you sure you want them with me? Is it, you know, it's not, you know, it was, it was, it was all new really, you know, and, uh, but it was, it was just an unbelievable experience to have, you know, a world championship in your, on your own back, in your own backyard, you know, it was, and it was a huge advantage to us. Like, there's, you know, there's no coincidence why six of us were in the quarterfinals, all boxing, you know, to try and get into the medals, you know. It was because yeah. uh, we were getting pushed along, uh, you know. And even when I looked to, to my own bout in the in the um, in the the um last 16, I was boxing a good Bulgarian, you know. And 
I, I've no doubt about it. He was he was more talented than me. You know, I've no doubt about it. You know, he was like he he he'd done he he'd won um you know international medals previous to that. And um I was one down going into the last round and um you know I finished up and I, I beat him by one point and then that put me in then to the quarterfinals. But I've no doubt about it that if that was anywhere else in the world, I wouldn't have been sport on like that, you know what I mean? And it wouldn't have given me the the edge then to 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 keep going, you know, and uh and and to get a win over there, like that was just uh, you know it was it was unreal. It was like I have to say, like yeah, I, t- I thought we were very lucky in the in the in the in the quarterfinals. Uh, I thought a couple of us could have got through, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that, that was that was just that that was a, that was an amazing amazing uh, tournament, wasn't it, Damien? Do you remember? Yeah, the, do, do you remember the dates, Damien? Yeah, we stayed in the Stranmillis in uh, yeah. in Belfast, and look at, at the end of the day. Um, I know there was different talks at the time about the team not being happy and different things, but like as JP said, this was an opportunity uh, to go into a major international event. Um, and as JP said, some of the team was inexperienced, some had experience. I was fortunate enough, I was at two world championships prior to this. Mm. And I always, you know, from going to big tournaments like that, you witness the home team taking all the added advantages that they possibly could. They didn't stay with the other teams. They stayed in a hotel separate. They were getting the best of everything, whereas everyone else was kept together. And I suppose there was a bit of frustration on the team that we weren't getting that extra bit to give us the added advantage to maybe, you know, cross the line, as JP said, to win medals. But in in relation to your point, Kevin, about the whether or not you're ever going to become a coach, um, me personally... Uh, as I said, being brought up in a boxing family with Christine, my father, who was a, an international coach, went to the World Championships, European Championships with different national teams. I've had the, I suppose, the privilege, you know, to go to tournaments with Mickey Hawkins, Austin Carut, Nicholas Cruz Hernandez, um, Billy Walsh, um, you know, and I don't want to leave any names there because everybody can bring some some attribute that's going to be beneficial to maybe not even your boxing career, but in life in general. Um, and I was also fortunate enough to go to a training camp with Zara Antia in 2003 in Cyprus. So all these, I suppose, coaches, I've been able to, you know, pull information from, see how they work. Um, and I've been able then to bring it back into our own club. Um, and as JP said, you know, each individual boxer along the way needs to be dealt with differently slightly because of their personalities, because of their size, because of, you know, what they like to eat, everything about them you need to learn about. And all them coaches certainly over the years gave me great ideas to bring back to the club when I wanted to go into the coaching end. So you knew you were going there. And, and but, Kevin, just, just on that, um, like, because w- 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 I would have been new enough to to the, like I was at, I think it was at a, um, a European under 18s, that, that would be my first, like, you know, elite major, you know. Yes. And, uh, like it would have been easy to see Damien would would have captain type um personality, you know what I mean? Um, because he'd been there before, you know, and uh, and you know he he be here. I think James Moore was the captain, but it was sort of more Damien, right, lads? You need to have a team talk here. This is not, you know, and and we were like they they would be saying like, about those advantages that were not taken up. And at the time, I was like, this is amazing, Damien. What are you talking about? This, you know. 
but 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 he was dead right what he was saying, you know what I mean? Like that um and in, in the end we were we were put up in a hotel, wasn't it, Damien? And and there was various yeah, other yeah. things that we got, you know, that and uh but but from 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 when I was there, Damien definitely had like captain qualities. Uh you could you could you could see um, you know, he was well schooled, um, you know, he, that if 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 he was going to take up a coaching role, uh, that he would have been pretty good at it. And and likewise would have been Liam Cunningham. Uh, he was well schooled as well. Um came came from, you know, his, his father had coached him too. Um, great qualities there, you know what I mean? Like and uh, where you know you had the other the other sort of individuals, which was Alan Reynolds and all, you know, um, you know, you be it would have been interesting. Now Stephen Stephen's coaching away, but it would have been interesting to see Alan as a coach, you know what I mean? Like because you have to go from the messing side to be the serious side as well, you know what I mean? Like so uh that would have been an interesting one. But um in fairness, when you when you think of the team that we had, like with some great characters, like my my God, like it's some great characters, like you know, Michael Kelly and stuff like that, like and and uh Norm Monteith and Aina Falvey, you know, he's gone on and done yeah. amazing stuff in the, in the rugby world, you know. And I remember, yeah. I remember we, we were in the training camp and we were down Limerick and after, like, we, we'd go for a morning session, we'd come back, we'd have our breakfast and then we'd all be, you know, into the bed for a couple of hours. But Aina would be into his room and he'd be studying, you know. And uh, I, I remember chatting to him, like, saying, she's saying a fair play to you, you know what I mean? Like, I'm tired just doing three sessions a day and I don't know how you're doing it with studying, but he's, he's had to get the rewards. He's, you know, he put, he put the work in for that too while he, while he was boxing, you know. But but in in terms of the team itself and the coaching as well, you had um you know you had Harry Cunningham Senior, you know God rest his soul, you know um he's not with us at the moment, well he's not with us now, but here what what a man like you know and Anto Donnelly and and um staff and yeah yeah uh, we we had a brilliant team around us and we had great characters in that team like you know it was that was a uh, that was an amazing you know it was really really top class team that was yeah do you re- do you remember a barbecue. I do. I remember the barbecue afterwards, and I had. I I, I think I that I, I I had two black eyes. Damien had a mad cut underneath his eye, yeah, and yeah. I, it was very funny actually because uh, someone put that photograph up recently. Like that was me, JP. I gave. I sent that on there. <laughs> yeah, but someone put it up on Facebook recently, and I think it was Norman T put it up in, in on Facebook, and he got a comment underneath that says. Oh, this must be the Irish ballet, ballet dancing team, is it? There was cuts and bruises all over us. We were <laughs> it was like we were having to be coming through the war, you know. But, and Kenneth uh, Egan's brother nearly burnt the house down, according to his book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you, you know, we, we 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 in fairness, we we great we great times up there. That was that was that was absolutely amazing. And the, and the Cubans kind of made it their own a little bit as well, weren't they? It must have been great seeing them up close. I was talking to. Your brother Chris Damien, and he was saying how he, uh, I think he missed a, a, and a very important GA match because he just got so caught up in the moment watching the Cubans. And he, uh, it's like, yeah, but look, McGonagall was there. McGonagall yeah. was there that year. Um, in, that your, in your weight class, won the gold in your weight class. Yeah, he beat the guy who beat me, Agassi uh, mm. Agalaglu, um, or Agassi Memedev, that he changed his name then. But um, Regondo, that was his first world title in 01. Um, but the, the, the Cuban team, as JP says, I've been fortunate enough, as I said, I've been around boxing a long, long time. And I remember the great Cuban team that came over for the World Cup in Dublin in 1990. Uh, Felix Tavon, Julio Gonzalez, you know, um, they've had some marvellous, marvellous operators. And as JP said, he mentioned different coaches there in relation to Belfast. 
And it would be sad to say, uh, not to mention the man, because it was his plan and it was his training program that we followed that uh, throughout the whole uh, tournament. That was Nicholas Cruz Hernandez, who was unfortunately at, uh, enough at the time, couldn't get away from work and uh, left the program for all them uh, great coaches to to deliver. And it was, like he is part, an integral part of that uh, preparation for that team. Yeah, um, it, it did sound like a, like a great tournament. And did, do you want to know any other boxers who went out in the quarterfinals? Um, so obviously there was yourselves, it was like Alan Reynolds, Kenneth Egan, Damien, Michael, uh, and yourself, JP. But there was uh, Stevie Foster from England. Oh, yeah. John the, Pascal, Jean Pascal. That's right. Kubrat uh, Pulev and Alexander Povekin all went the, the quarterfinals. The English team, the team of they were training with us, like and they had some heavy hitters here as well. Like they had Carl Froch, they had David Hay. Um, who, who's that, Damien? Audley Harrison was there. Audley Harrison was the super heavyweight, and I remember watching, I remember watching David Hay uh, in the in the final against the Cuban. Was it Savon? Um, that was Savon's last. So, one. Solis wasn't it, or was it Solis? Solis, was it? Yeah. Solis, Solis, yeah. Solis, yeah. And David Hay had him out, like he he had him yeah. down, and he gave him a count and everything else, and he just took his foot off the gas. And yeah. just as the Cubans do, do like you just they got back into it, like and then then they beat them then, you know. Um, but look, watching them up up close as well, uh, there, there was a featherweight guy there. His name was Pagliani. Do you remember him, Damien? Yeah, yeah Pagliani. Wow, he, he was, was beating. He was beaten in the final of the worlds in '99 uh, in Houston, Texas, by Rocky Rocky Juarez, American guy. Um, so far, yeah, yeah, but but one of the things that I didn't like about that tournament, Damien, if you remember, was that stupid twenty point rule, and yes, you know, yes. like it could have been even fifteen points, and you know, the fellas would be in there boxing away, and actually just you know, the yeah, referee right, yeah. say that's it, like you know, and you're like, what's going on, like so it never gave the punchers a chance, you know what I mean, like no. um, it really didn't like you know, and and uh, I think the system that we have now is is a lot better. You know what I mean? Like the, that twenty point rule and all that was crazy. Really, when you look back, like because you never got to see the actual proper scrap. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, the um, um, in, with regard to the Olympic slides, I just want to ask you, um, Damien, you mentioned uh, working from post, and you also mentioned being on a training camp with Sorantia in two thousand and three. Yeah. yeah, was was that training camp and then working from post? What kind of almost ended your Olympic dream because you'd taken, I think, some of your annual leave to go. And then yeah. the following year, you looked to get time off to train for the national championships or even to fight in them. And yeah. It was a no-no. That was it. There's a lot of issues there between local level and uh, senior management. Well, uh, I went to the European Championships the year before and uh, I was after having a second uh, child with my wife. Um, I went to the Europeans and I was laid off I was told I'd get the job back when I came back from the Europeans. Uh, but they kept me at work for a period of time, which when you have a mortgage and a young family became a wee bit difficult. Um, and then they informed me that I could uh, go to a training camp in Cyprus when I applied. But when I returned home from the training camp, they told me uh, on post only stand by the competition, but not the training camp and removed all my annual leave. So it just became very difficult, as I said, to try and train um, and compete properly. Like, as JP said, it was starting to change. High performance was being introduced. Um, what type of preparation was getting up at half five in the morning to deliver post all day, go to the gym late at night, come home, throw in mail and then go up to Dublin and try and 
beat some of these young lads that were coming through at that mm-hmm. stage because I was 28 at, at that stage, you know. As JP said, we've had great memories. I've been to three world championships at elite level, three European elites, world under-18s, world European under-18s, and made great friends, great colleagues, great people who are still involved in the game. And as JP say, you make memories. Like in 1999, myself and uh, Bernard Dunn, Aid Carlisle, Neil Goff, Stephen Reynolds, I think uh, Alex Arthur was with us, um, and Colin, jo- Colin Jones, I think was his name, a Scottish lad. And we were playing the English team in a game of soccer in Houston, Texas. You know, and yeah. that team in Houston, Texas at the time had some fabulous, uh, Cal Frock, he was no good at football, but he, was, he, he wasn't bad at the boxing. Uh, Audley Harrison, David Hay, all playing soccer in Houston, Texas in 99. Memories of that, you just, you just can't get that back, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like JP, you obviously, the Olympics kind of, you won your first title just after the Sydney, after the Sydney Olympics, or the year of the Sydney, was it? No, you'd lost that there. Year, so I lost, yeah. The, so the year after. Yeah, so, so um, I was just afterwards, yeah, yeah. And, and I remember uh, uh, Harry, Harry Cutting went, all, went, to the, went to, the, to the qualifiers, I think they were in Liverpool, and uh, he, he didn't get to qualify. And uh, I was hoping he would, though, you know, because then I could walk around and say, well, I only, you know, I only, I only beat that guy, you know. <laughs> But um, and then unfortunately, the, with the year uh, of the 2004 Olympics, I I I just bowed out then, you know, like and uh, you know, I, I suppose when I look back now, um, I do have a little bit of regret that I jumped out so early, you know. But at the same time, then like with Damien, I I was starting a family, you know, I was doing work and I was exams and and um, and also then the, the the club came around, so look, it all worked out in the end. Yeah. Uh, but but um, look, uh, I'm, I'm here. I would have loved them to get to an Olympic Games, um, you know. But it just wasn't to be. I suppose the the, the Europeans and the worlds would have to do with me, you know. And yes. but, but here, what, what that was amazing, you know. What 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 are the um, what an experience, you know, to to to, to be taking part in something like that, like you know. Well, next best next best thing I suppose will be coaching a boxer who ends up uh, doing well at the Olympic Games. We had a guy on Franco Sullivan last year who I think he's in his eighties. And uh, he finally had an Olympic champion. He, he used to be the English underage coach, but he's in Birmingham yeah, City. Yeah. Galalia yeah. Five won the Olympic gold. And a man yeah. from Cork originally yeah. in his 80s wins uh, an Olympic gold for himself. So, but um, like I see, Damien, of your four champions, unfortunately, none of them were at Olympic weights. And then the two guys yeah. from Monkstown are at, you know, the 51 kilo and heavyweight are at Olympics. And it's just unfortunate the way the Olympic weights have gone. Like these prestigious weights, like... Yeah, I mean, I guess you've got like lightweight, middleweight. Uh, not at the to Olympic be honest, Games. I, I think, um, you know, sport oil, well, not so much sport oil, but the Olympic Council have to look at, uh, look at your other sports, taekwondo. You don't see any of the other competitive or combative sports losing out some of the weight divisions to accommodate the female side or the male side. You know, as I spoke at the Central Council meeting just there two weeks ago, we have 25 national champions who walked out of the arena on Saturday night and only 14 of them are going to go to an Olympic qualifier. Mm-hmm. The development of all the other boxers. And we were talking about the Jason Nevins, Olean from the middle way from Job- Jobstown. Mm-hmm. All of these boxers are going to be lost if we don't make a stand very quick. You know, just talk about this alliance group and the OCI not working with the IBA. We need to trash this thing out because 
Boxing's the only one going to lose out. We spoke about lightweight. Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah. Oscar De La Hoya. The middleweight division. You know, all the top, top boxers over the years who've been in these competitive divisions and now we've allowed them to be omitted from our Olympic cycle. So we're looking at a tournament that's going to look after, once every four years, going to look after 50% of our boxers. Mm. It's, it's certainly not good enough. And basing like, our funding model on that 50% as well. Yeah. But again, the funding model has to be looked at because at the end of the day, these boxers don't just compete once every four years. They're competitively active at the Europeans and the worlds. So they need financial support in order to progress and to perform at such a high level. So Sport Ireland need to look at themselves as well and say, well, these boys and girls do need funding, not just for Olympic cycles, for world and European championships and all our development boxers coming through. It, like we had a great under 18 team that went to the Europeans and the worlds last year. Boxers who went on to win medals and are on no funding. Yeah. 16, 17, and 18 year olds on no funding. So parents are being asked to fund them because yeah. we have no funding for them. That has to be looked at. The development of our, of our new squad after this cycle is over. We don't know who's going to go pro. We don't know who we're going to lose. Who's going to move weights? And even as he said there earlier on, who's to say young David Joyce won't be part of an assessment of 57? That mightn't be at the, that mightn't be at the question. Mm. You know, but like I, I, I was and fortunate. And Dylan Eagleson coming up as well. Correct. Unbelievable like, stuff, yeah. I was fortunate enough to be at an Olympic qualifier in 96 and I went out to the training camp with Damien Kelly, Brian McGee, Cotlow Grady, um, Francie Barrett. All the weights were involved. Like, you know, we don't see the 100 metres being split down. Uh, you can only have four in the final of the 100 metres because the women's is on as well. Why not have a low full yeah. allocation for both? Well, I agree. I guess, though, we can't, like, we can lobby and we can appeal, you know, as an Irish association for change at world level. But I don't think we've got too much power in the uh, the international wrangling that's going on between IBA, the IOC, the task force, all this sort of stuff. But it, can Ireland get its house in order? There's been a, there's well, been a lot of... Uh, Change in recent years, JP, and cannot can can Ireland get its house in order? I guess. Well, just on the way, just on the way, it's thing like uh, you know we, like we were hoping that uh, you know along with the girls, you know that they'd be bringing in more weights. Like for instance, you know cruiser weight is not there, and that's 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 definitely open. Like like when you look at it, you know, um, you know to have ninety two a ninety two kilo boxer and the next weight down then is eighty one. Like that's eleven kilos. Like you know. Uh, you know, it's not eighty now, well, isn't it? It's yeah. not good enough. You know, I mean, it's, it's yeah. too big. Like, you know, that's too stone. Any like, that's way too big. You know, of a gap. You know, like so. So you'd be looking there, at, you know, having an eighty-six kilo. Um, and look, people are getting bigger these days. You might even go over. You know, it might be a ninety-two and then a, a ninety-nine, whatever. But like, and we we had to do that ourselves at low, like, like local, you know, Irish level. I remember uh, a couple of years ago where our, our kids. Um, these are 11 year old kids. Uh, the weights used to go up in three kilos, 23, 26, 29. And I remember we put in a, a motion where, you know, there wouldn't be no, there'd be no more than two kilos, um, for, for any kids uh, in between a weight, you know, like, so you'd, you'd go 24, 26, you know, and, and because that, that, that's, that's enough. Anything over two kilos to a young kid is too much. And it's the same with an adult, like, you know, but, but, uh, and, and the thing, the thing, the thing always is, is that um, 
the more weight classes you 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 create, especially at Irish level, right? The more weight classes you 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 create, you think of it this way: that's more Irish champions, that's more kids going back to their club, going back to their schools, going back to their communities with a with a with a medal, you know. And then all of a sudden, then you know the GAA family is looking in, saying, "Jesus, there's Johnny up the road after winning a boxing medal." My little lad yeah. wants to join the boxing there where before I wasn't really too pushed and putting him in, but now Jason might let him have a go. Exactly like what happened with that young fella, Tyg O'Donnell. Like if you look at it, uh, he yeah. went off and got a European gold medal from Greystones, right? Now Greystones would not would not be a boxing town at all. It probably are looking at probably rugby, rugby um, yeah. maybe soccer and a couple of other sports. But now uh, to see him go into his school. You know, in front of all the, you know, all his, all his friends and all the, all the schoolmates and and then his, the teachers and stuff, and then the big, the big um, applaud he got. You know, straight away then that puts it into the minds of parents around the Greystones. Well, James, you know what? The boxing isn't that bad, and maybe you know our little daughter or our son might be might be good at it. Maybe give them a go at the boxing club. You know, and so 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 the more the more I'm not saying too many weight classes. That's 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 it. But the more weight classes you create. Especially with Irish level and international level, it brings it back. And, and especially with, with, with international level, what happens is it's not going to be dominated by Cuba or Russia or America. It, it, everyone gets a slice of the pie, you know. Yeah. So if you just have six weight classes for the men, you know, <laughs> let, let's be honest, the favorites will be Cuba, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, and and you know Russia and a couple of others. That's what the Russians get in the course. but. You know, if you have it, if you have, if you had the 13 weights or 14 weights, then other countries are getting a slice of the pie. And then they're coming back, like what, if you remember back to when Michael Crude had, had won the gold medal. You know what I mean? Like that's what comes back. That's what Katie Taylor came back with. That's what Kelly had. And you look at the girls boxing now, nowadays, there's, the, you know, it, it's no surprise that when Katie came back with her gold medal, with a huge influx. And that's when Kelly Harrington came along due to the Kelly, to the Katie Taylor stuff. Now Kelly Harrington's come along, and now you have the other kids coming along. Now you have the the Amy Broadhorse and, and all the other ones coming along now behind them. That's what it does. It develops the sport. You know what I mean? So the more yeah. the more classes that we have, the better. But we can't, unfortunately, we can't tell the IOC what to do. But, but, but you know, we, we can keep lobbying away. Like, um, and then I suppose the next in line then is 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 the world championships for us. But but to have the carrot held there for you know, a young boxer coming up, um, and and it's it's it saddens me to think that even our very very good um, uh, young youths and Jews coming up, Daniel some would be would be included in that. For them not to have a picture of an Olympic Games in two thousand twenty eight, it's a very very sad situation. You know, it's yes. it's a really really sad situation. And please God, and uh, you know that that it will work out. That that we we will get back in and uh, and everything be okay because. If not, uh, you know, to, to keep boxing, the World Championships, yeah, but but the Olympic Games is, is the one, you know, and maybe a lot of them that that, that will head towards the program then, and then it's 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 a tough time for for them and for for clubs, you know, because as you know, uh, the program is is a really entertaining one and it's great to watch and all that, but you ha- it has to be managed properly. The kids have to be looked after. And uh, at the moment, that's that wouldn't be happening in Ireland, that, you know, because we just don't have the resources. You know, mm. we don't have, you know, if you look in Dublin, there's probably only one or two professional clubs. So you wouldn't want to be, you know, you can't send every one of them away, you know. So 
look, yeah. And then I guess you look at the future as well. If there's no Olympic boxing, will the world championships have to do? Well, if the world governing body isn't a bit of a rogue body, maybe okay. fine. But, you know, will our, will Sport Ireland, will the, will the authorities here continue to fund boxers to attend world championships that are kind of effectively being run by Russian money? Yeah. Uh, and will we pull out of those kind of tournaments? So there's yeah. a, there's a really uncertain future. But Charles wants to look at, you have to look at Kevin, you know, um, how good is uh, what is the profile of boxing going to be like in this country if we're only looking after fifty percent of our champions? Mm. We're, we're competing our national championships at every way. So if we're not going to be bothered with every way, well then why are we not just running them at the seven weights and the six for the female? Yeah. Now you mentioned about the IBA and and rightly so uh, the different rumours and mafia money or whatever you want to what way is put. We also have to remember as a, a national body, we are affiliated to the IBA. And you're not allowed to box in any tournament if the IBA tell them or, or stop them. We are, every country has to be affiliated to the IBA to compete. And my worry about the whole lot is that if the IBA tell certain countries they're not going to the Olympic Games or this alliance group, how long is it going to take the alliance group to be really set up? Because it's our underage teams and our development teams that are going to be affected more so than the elite team. Because in the next six months, if there is a, a jump to the alliance group, IBA ain't going to let the underage boxers into their competition if we jump just, to the other. Just to make it clear, when you're referring to the alliance group, are you you're referring to kind of Western nations that are talking about maybe not going yeah. along? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, you, you know... That decision is going to be very detrimental to maybe the progression of our sport because, as JP said, and he mentioned it earlier on, we have a lot of national champions when we have only a two-kilo weight division difference going to European cadets, world cadets, under-18s. IBA, the IBA body, I can't see alone countries who jump with the alliance group back into their tournaments for the underage groups. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be detrimental going forward to looking after 50% of our national elite champions every to a tournament that's going to happen every four years and then be omitted from all our world and European championships. Yeah. Multi-nation, box cups, everything, because you're, you're, you're affiliated through the IBA. I know. L lads, uh, who caught your eye at the elites apart from your own boxers? Um, what, like fights at night? Uh, performance and like stories at night. I guess there's some there's some very compelling ones. Well, I, I suppose, I suppose uh, for myself, um, he actually reminded me a bit of, of a young Damien McKenna. Was young Leonum. Uh, I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Uh, he 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 had three or four really tough fights, you know, which um, against good caliber of lads. Um, but but I thought um, watching him throughout the tournament, he he, he was just extremely. Bit. Uh, he was he was uh, just pinpoint, uh, mm. you know, and 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 without a big punch, you know. What I mean, he was doing it all without a big punch, and uh, it was just lovely to watch. You know, what I mean, his lovely, lovely skills, like, and uh, I really enjoyed watching him. I have to say, you know, just um, to make uneducated eye, he seems to kind of he seems to really kind of dance on the head of the needle. Like he really throws his punches when the other guy throws his punch and he just lands absolutely, and gets yeah. out. He, he waits, yeah. like he faces danger, 
Yeah. Let, let's the tr- shots come towards him and then lands his own and gets out. And he did it against Heshi and he did it against Purcell. Absolutely. And and he, he like here when, when you when you look when you look back at, at Damien's like here, he was very, very similar, extremely, extremely fit. Like if you want to go in and beat young Luna, man, if you want to go in and beat a Damien young Damien McKenna, like you have to be fit, you know, you have to be out in the roads running, like, you know. And uh the um I just thought he was uh he, he was just pinpoint accuracy and it, you know it was it was brilliant to see him do that. And like when you look at that when that weight class, young Hessian silver medalist, you had um Paddy Adamus who who's who's who was beating them all, you know what I mean, and really, really tough to get past. Um you had you had young Jake Rappel who won Damien's uh, weight class the previous year. You had um Porcel who had beaten um yeah, he beat just very easy. So, so and he Damien's fellow Jordan, Jordan Smith as well, who was unlucky with the with the eye because right. he was doing yeah, really and, well as well. And he was doing brilliant. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he he was very very good. Yeah, Damien, a fair play. He done really really well. Yeah, yeah. I I I'd actually think um look we, without mentioning my own boxers, but I think a special mention has to go to the rediscovery of uh, Dean Walsh. Oh, yeah. um, whether you, you know, you looked at the semi-final with Aidan Walsh and Dean Walsh, what you like decided the winner of the contest. You know, you could have thrown a coin up in the air and decided the winner. But, you know, for Dean Walsh to come back um, from obscurity over the last 18 months and produce, you know, um, the performance he did. But uh, I think if you look into Dean uh, and you look into a lot of the, the elite boxers who went away and won their titles, they went and done the walk, the walk ethic prior to the event. Yeah. Uh, Dean took part, I know, from watching on social media and from knowing and, and looking into his career, was involved in a lot of tournaments prior to going into this uh, elite championships. Um, how could you forget mentioning Grania Walsh's performance Absolutely. with uh, yeah. And again, either girl could have got the decision. Um Dana Morehouse as well. She mm. she be a couple of European yeah. medalists and uh, three tough ones. And, and God love her. In the middle of the second round against Young Friars, and she went over her ankle and thought, "No, here we go." You know, you yeah. wouldn't want to be going out on a lead final just like that. You know, um, yeah. after being in the crack and scrap, but she got up in fair play, and you could see Re- she was in agony, but she fought on. Like reminded was, me of almost Solis against that we mentioned earlier on the fought David Hay. Yeah. Remember yeah. against Klitschko? I think he injured the knee, and that gone. It's over. Right. Yeah, well, I thought Morehouse was gone. She came to our side of the ropes and uh, the anguish on her face to, to fight on. And like she, she beat two Europe, two European senior medalists from last year in Shannon Sweeney, Caitlin Fryer. Yes. deserved to get uh, to the final yeah. fire the tournament. Yeah. The, 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 the Grania Walsh versus Amy Warhouse or Amy Broadhurst Broad. yeah. was, was exceptional. I, I, I think Damien as well. Like uh, I was talking to, um, I hadn't met him before, but I remember talking to Grania Walsh's parents after the fight, like, and he was saying, Oh, you know, what did you think, JP? And I said, Well, look, you know, sometimes what happens is to 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 people who are winning Olympic games like Kelly and you know, Amy winning world titles and European and Commonwealth goals and, and, and all these medals, sometimes, you know, the, the Irish championship to those guys is a bit of a hindrance, you know, because you have to win the Irish to go in then, you know, especially Olympic year, you know what I mean? And, you know, you're you're getting back into the game. But you bigger things on the horizon, you're hoping, you know. Uh, and then you have these up and coming girls, you know, and fair play to, you know, Grania watches around a, a good while and she's won stuff as well. But, you know, she, it was just a different trajectory, you know, they were coming down, you know. And in fairness, 
Casey Rock um, gave Amy Broadhurst a good scrap the, the, the previous round as well, you know. Um, I have to say it was it was an amazing championship, really was like, and uh, you know, to see the likes of Casey and and um, Jason Nevin, um, Josh O'Lanian and all these young lads coming up as well, and please God, they'll be the stars of the future now in the coming years, you know. Future is bright. Just before we go, uh, Damien, I just want to get your assessment of uh, JP's two lads. He's got Jack Marley, a heavyweight, and Sean Marley, a flyweight. They're hopefully going to go to the Olympic qualifiers this year. Have you seen enough to think that uh, you know they can they can go all the way? They can get to the Olympic Games, potentially the last one. Let's pray not. Okay, well, look, I'll speak about Sean Mary first. Like uh, underestimated at times, uh, what he does, he's very very good at you know an attacking boxer who can mix it up with the very best of them. You know, you, you look at young Clepson and De Santos the other night. Sean Mary uh, eliminated. eliminated all the good attributes that Clepson has by smothering him and walking inside at close distance. Um, and Sean can do that with many an operator. I've seen him sparring loads of people in the last while and boxing, you know, as JP said, he's, he's been lucky enough. He's uh, been to a military championships there. He's gained experience at European level as well. So he'll be very, very difficult to be a flyweight. Sean, Mar- uh, Jack Marley, Exceptional talent. European under-22 heavyweight champion last year. Um, the only worrying fact I would have on Jack is he doesn't get enough competitive bouts. He's finding it very, very difficult to uh, even inspiring. Jack, is, as I said, is a bit of a puncher. Uh, there won't be too many fellas looking to do many rounds with him. But I think if we can get the right preparation, uh, and I'm sure Zarantia and his team will be looking at this Mm. getting them the appropriate rounds necessary. Jack Marley and Sean Marley, I would say, would be fairly confident of qualification for Olympic Games. Please God, yeah. Please God. Well, lads, look, we'll leave it there. That's a good positive note to leave it on. And uh, let's let's hope that we can see the lads achieve that this year. Uh, Damien McKenna and JP Kinsler, thanks so much for joining us today on the Rocky Road to look back at the uh, 2023 Elite Boxing Championships with four titles. A ridiculous four titles for Holy Family of Drada and two more for Monkstown Boxing Club in Dublin. Actually, you know what? I might have to slice it back in, JP, because I yeah. never asked you about the troubles Monkstown have been having in their kind of in your home. And do you think things are going to be sorted out? Because this sort of stuff can't go on. It's one of the, one of the richest areas of the country and uh, one of the most successful clubs in the country. And yes, it's not matching up. No, absolutely. And, and, so the, the problem we have is, is that we have, you know, ourselves and we have a, you know, we're right in, in a community centre and we want every hour that we can get, you know, um, and just there the other day, um, we had a, a really positive meeting. Actually, just yesterday, we had a really positive meeting with the Down County Council about our current situation, you know, so um, we will be getting full access to uh, the building. Uh, so when the building opens up, first thing in the morning, we will be able to access our club until the building closes. And that's um, by six days a week um, because it doesn't open on Sunday anyway. Um, so, you know, we will be, so 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 there is changes there now and they're, and they're going to be implemented very, very soon. We're probably talking next week. And then on the horizon then, um, we, you know, we, we, there is the building um, uh, that, that the Dunley Red Down County Council, we've agreed with them that we will be in our own building, which will be a dedicated boxing club yes. for ourselves. 
uh, and we will move in there, um, please God, according to the plans, which is May 2024. Uh, planning permission has been agreed. Funding has, has just about been agreed. Architects' plans have, have done. Um, so everything's on plan now. So we will, and the building is going to cost 1.5 million. So it's a huge thank you to, you know, um, our, our our local people like Richard Boyer Barra, who's done an, and Melissa helping an unbelievable amount of work for us, you know, and all the councillors. They've been amazing to us. And, you know, Dolly Down County Council, in fairness, you know, a lot of people are very quick to jump on, you know, and say, oh, you know, about the council stuff. But in fairness, they've been trying to find a solution for us for a long time now. And, um, you know, he's got when we get into our own building uh, in May, you know, I think we just need to sort of bide our time until then um, and just continue to keep doing what we're doing, you know. And then and then we'll be like Damien McKenna and all these guys that have their own club. And, you know, uh, we'll be inviting everyone in then, you know, to come sparring and everything else, you know, it'll be great. Well, great stuff. Well, look, there's that's the real place to go out on it. That's that's the real positive note there. So thanks again, lads, for joining us today on the Rocky Road. Best wishes for continued success throughout the year and in the years that come. Cheers, lads. Thanks, Kevin. See you later, Dale. Thanks, Kevin. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.